0: Welcome to this APTA podcast. Defining moment spotlights a particular moment, incident, or case that led the writer to a career in physical therapy or confirmed why he or she became a physical therapist or physical therapist assistant. This is the account in his own words and voice of Gary Krasilovsky, PT, PhD, who practices in Fairfield, Connecticut. A key event in my life was applying to and being accepted into the New York University Summer Program called Health Careers Opportunities. As a young man in college, I was excited to become a Yellow Jacket, as we were called. Two memorable experiences in the program shaped my decision to pursue a career in physical therapy. My first recollection is being assigned to the fifth floor of the Institute for Rehab Medicine, primarily known as Rusk Institute or Rusk Rehabilitation. A girl being treated there had both of her upper limbs amputated because of injuries she sustained after falling between subway cars. At the time, hooks were the common prosthetic devices for upper extremity function, and she was being trained in using them. I remember trying to understand not only the physical barriers she had to overcome, but also the emotional aspects of being a young teenager forced to redefine her physical image. I wanted to help her. I remember simply wanting to help her wipe her often oily face, which was a physical challenge for her. The other experience a perhaps more dramatic one involved a summer field trip with many of the patients in the pediatric unit. We were invited to an outing at someone's house with a beautiful backyard and pool. All was great until suddenly one of the young boys in a wheelchair had rolled himself into the deep end of the pool. Everyone freaked out. I don't recall all the details myself, except for jumping into the pool to help lift him out of his wheelchair underwater. It would have been quite a feat in itself, but back then seat belts were made of leather and leather and water don't mix. I was unable to unbuckle his seat belt. After coming up for air to get a second breath, I went underwater again and lifted him, still in his wheelchair, above the surface and walked him through the water to the side of the pool. Pool staff and several others were able to lift him and the chair out of the pool and he fully recovered. I guess I was meant to be a yellow jacket that summer, to be present at that outing and ultimately become a physical therapist, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. In the 1960s, just before college, I was considering career choices. On occasion, I had helped my father at jobs. He was a mover of heavy machinery, but that wasn't for me and as New York life evolved, it was clear that sort of work would have limited future. My parents, like many others back then, felt we needed an optician, optometrist, dentist, et cetera, in the family, and my older brother talked about being interested in physical therapy. I took the strong vocational interest blank test, which since has evolved to become known as the strong interest inventory test. The top two results, for me were appropriately, as it turned out, YMCA counselor and a physical therapist. I had prior summer experience as a day camp counselor at Kings Point Country Day School in Great Neck, New York, but that wasn't my lifelong dream. As for the field of physical therapy, it sounded fascinating, but my older brother was considering it and how could I just follow him in the same career? As do many things happen in life, my brother did not pursue it after all, due to having a genetic eye disease, retinitis pigmentosa, that severely limited his vision. With the field now open, I investigated physical therapy, among other health disciplines. The question was, how do I find out what this career really involves? I was introduced to Jack Hofkosh, who was head of the physical therapy department at Rust. That introduction, I'm sure, aided to my acceptance into the Health Careers Opportunities Program. While I was there, I was assigned primarily to physical therapy, which involved shadowing PTs and going to presentations about other rehab fields, occupational therapy, speech language pathology, and rehab nursing. Hence, my being on the fifth floor to observe the girl with the upper limb prosthetics. I will say that since becoming a physical therapist, I've reflected on that experience and have felt that helping someone with an amputation learn to walk again or how to use a myoelectric upper extremity prosthesis have been some of my most gratifying experiences as a PT. Resk Institute, by the way, was the first freestanding rehab hospital in the world and first in the United States to adopt a multidisciplinary approach to rehab. Today, it is part of NYU Langone Health. I remember meeting Howard Rusk, who was a giant man, both physically and in reputation. What an honor it was to walk those halls and learn from professionals like him. After two years of college, I transferred to the University of Missouri, closer to where my older brother was going to school at Washington University in St. Louis. After leaving home and no longer sharing a small bedroom, you think we would not want to see so much of each other, but we'd actually become closer. I hoped to apply to Missouri's physical therapist program the following year after completing the needed prerequisites. But as fate would have it, admissions to the program were closed to out-of-state residents by the time I applied. Instead, I was accepted into the school's special education program for people with orthopedic impairments to complete my undergraduate degree. I wasn't sold on this field as my true long-term career, but it was a means to an end. It turned out this path I chose benefited me in more than one way. For one, my bachelor's degree and all the needed prerequisites from the University of Missouri facilitated my acceptance into the PT program at NYU, where I was able to join the other students in their last year of the curriculum. The NYU PT program held its classes at Rusk, including labs, after all physical therapy was finished for the day. I wonder how many readers would recognize the names of PT supervisors Bev Devine and Roberta Weiss, and administrators Jack Hopkosh, Ray Rodriguez, and Kathy Van Alden. An interesting aspect of the program was that many of us were slightly older men in a primarily female cohort. Four couples met and were together at the end of that academic year, including my wife, Linda and me. This indeed was the second benefit of my not being admitted into the PT program in Missouri and another road in my life now paved. A few months after graduation, there were openings at NYU and Jack Havkosh hired me. I went through various rotations at the Institute of Rehab Medicine, adult inpatient rehab and outpatient rehab and then began taking some roads less traveled. The first fork in the road came when the medical director of the diagnostic electromyography department opened a rotation for physical therapists. I applied and was accepted into this position and was trained by Dr. Neil Spielholz a PT. I stayed on to train medical residents as they went through their three-month rotations. The experience lasted about a year during which I also participated in research under Dr. Spielholz's supervision and mentoring. From there, I took another turn, accepting a split position within the PT department. One half was in the Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy Clinic as one of two PTs. The other half was being involved in clinical research. I spent an incredible few years gaining experience and taking advantage of opportunities to both help clients in the Muscular Dystrophy Clinic and performed physical re- therapy-related research. The most significant research being undertaken there at the time was using an EMG biofeedback system. Eventually, a paper was published showing the effectiveness of the EMG biofeedback for patients who sustained a cerebrovascular accident. My education and learning didn't stop with earning a certificate in physical therapy. While at NYU, I completed a master's degree in pathokinesiology and completed all the coursework towards a PhD in the same field. Before I was awarded the degree, I joined the Hunter College physical therapist program as a faculty, and it was there that I earned my PhD. I remember working on my dissertation one night, realizing it was about 6 a.m. and I had to shower, get dressed, and get into Hunter to teach. I easily related to my students who were working as hard as I was. Shortly after that, I became chair of the department following the retirement of its first ever chair, Robert Ayers. I was a hunter for the next 30 years helping a dedicated faculty develop our program into a three year master's program and later a DPT program. This required three accreditation reviews that earned positive feedback from site reviewers, students, alumni and clinicians. And while I was a department chair at Hunter, thanks to my EMG research experience at NYU, I became chief scientific officer for Jago Health, helping to bring to market a portable wireless EMG's biofeedback system that today is breaking multiple barriers in healthcare. I retired from Hunter partly because my father worked every day of his life until he retired at 65, and then passed away a year later. I wanted what he never had, more time. Time to pursue my other career paths within physical therapy, providing services to people with scoliosis. I became a, a Schroth scoliosis therapist 10 years ago. Continuing to teach as an adjunct professor and further training and coordinating clinical trials to reveal the extraordinary role that EMG biofeedback can have in helping patients with chronic pain, incontinence, and various movement disorders. I have loved all the different hats I wore as a PT, educator, researcher, and mentor. Many people look forward to getting out of work after a long career. I looked at my career not as work, but as helping others, whether it was in direct patient care, clinical research, or having an impact on the hundreds of students who became colleagues in the physical therapy community. I hope I've helped them identify their own defining moments. You can find more APT podcasts like this one on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting aptorg slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.